Hi, I'm Gian. And I'm Kimmy. We are two vibrant women excited about connection. We're interested in everything from self-discovery to the breakable and unbreakable bonds that weave through our various life stages. Let's talk about identity. What about intimacy? Sex. Partnership. Friendship. And parenting. And let's do it with our characteristic candor, compassion and curiosity. Absolutely. You are in for a treat. Gian is super funny. (laughs) And Kimmy has incredible insights. Learn and grow as you eavesdrop into our unscripted and warm conversations. Welcome to Connected. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome back. We're here. We're not in the same room, which is different for this. Yeah, it is different, but we've had so many conversations via online, so. It almost feels more normal for us, I think. (laughs) Yeah, although the face-to-face felt surprisingly comfortable when we did it. What feels like what's the anchor for me is the the sound of your voice, to be honest. Hello. Because I listen to it almost every day. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the anchor. Yeah. Yes, you have made it into the favorites on my phone now. So (laughs) that's beautiful. Life goals. It used to be like the top five friends on MySpace. I don't know. Maybe I'm just showing my generation here. (laughs) Did you ever have MySpace, Kimmy? Never. Oh, no. Okay, never mind. Hello, everybody. I'm a millennial. (laughs) (laughs) It took me years to just get onto the Facebook thing, to be honest. So, kind of, Stacey, have you settled into I am in the space of I am really glad to not be at home today. (laughs) (laughs) I have a sick little person and being at work in my creative space feels really good. Mm. what's good about that for you I get to feel like me Mm. just me nobody um nobody else no one needing me do I miss her yeah in fact I said I think to hubby on Sunday my mum took her for a couple of hours and she was gone like 10 minutes and I'm like how did I just go from get away I need space to I miss you (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah it's I had her home yesterday because she's not well and it's been like three or four nights of um, rubbish sleep for everybody. So being at work and just responsible for me and my stuff and the things that I love doing is I'm, I know you are as well. We're lucky enough that we get to do what we love every day. Mm-hmm. So we're deserving enough. Whereabouts are you? I've just come through a very big growth phase and transformation in my beautiful business and uh, and emotionally as well just personally so I am feeling like I am in an internal spring with lots blooming Mm. and everything smells good and the birds are chirping (laughs) and I'm feeling energized I've just recovered from being sick for over three weeks, so oh. I feel like I'm back in the land of the living. I love that. Yeah, this end of winter I feel like has been worse than the start. I think at the start I was like, yeah, we got off good. And then it's just kind of, I think probably since July, it's just been like whack, 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 at least for our family. So I am mm. excited. Tell me about your growth phase because I feel like when we are on the other side of the growth phase, it feels 
pretty fucking incredible. Um, <laughs> but when you're in it, when you're in the middle of that growth phase, it's a whole other feeling altogether. Yeah, it is. Would you say the same? Oh, 100%. I'd say the same. Absolutely. I've been through these phases so often now that I trust that they won't last forever. And I'm a little, I'm a little more, um, a lot more, I would say, comfortable with the discomfort because it's happened so many times. But Mm. this one I would have to say would probably have been the longest. And it was the longest phase. Yeah, because I was relying on the timing of other people um, in terms of the rebranding, the website. So it extended that process out significantly. And usually when I process something or have a growth phase, I will really take a deep dive and devote myself to that and smash it out really quickly. And I use the word smash intentionally there because it's not the kindest of practices. (laughs) And so very quick and intense, right? So this time, because I had that external sort of anchor, I had to sit in that growth phase for far longer than I normally would. Than you like to. (laughs) And it was a real test of my endurance Mm. for that and it helped me to understand that I can be content and committed to the business and and it actually extended into my relationships as well while things are in progress yes because notoriously (laughs) I've been the kind of person that will pull back on my commitment to things emotionally Mm -hmm. until everything has been solved And I flush that out and I just feel so grounded and free. Mm. Can you relate to any of that? Yes, absolutely. I know we've talked several times before about the growth phase I'm in at the moment. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's, I feel like it's been a very long one. (laughs) And I, I almost don't really know when one stopped and another started. If I look back over the last couple of years. Yeah is it just sort of feels like it all has just rolled into another one and another one. And I think we don't talk very often about that sitting in the uncomfortable. And there's almost like this, and I, I have it sometimes that it'll come up, it just feels really shit. Is this actually where I need to be? Like, is this, is this the bit? And I, like mm-hmm. yourself, as you do this more often and go through these growth phases, you start to realise, mm-hmm. yeah, actually, that's how I know I'm in it. That's how I know I'm doing the really valuable work because it feels like shit. <laughs> so there's a distinction for me between the difficulty of a growth phase and the difficult emotions you feel when something's not right for you. There's a distinction there. It does feel different. I agree. Mm. There's almost like there's a little the, there's a hope, I think, that comes with the uncomfortable in a growth phase. It's, and I also feel like the uncomfortable is actually necessary. I think that's the other part that gets kind of skipped over, that without the discomfort, it kind of doesn't tend to fuel the growth, the desire for something different. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I can see the cogs turning. <laughs> well, two things. First, for me, it's about trust. So if, I, if I'm in that, if I'm having a, a, an uncomfortable feeling and I'm still feeling trust, that's a key sign for me that I'm in growth. Mm-hmm. If I'm not feeling trust, then that's a key sign for me that it's not right. So I think that was the first thing that popped up. 
The second thing that comes to mind is that personally, I don't feel like all growth needs to be uncomfortable. Okay. And I don't feel like the motivation for growth needs to be fueled by that discomfort or by the desire for something different. Mm -hmm. I feel like it actually can come from following curiosity Mm. and following the glimmers. And I have to say that that type of growth process for me has been the most enriching and kind. Mm. It just so happens that sometimes growth is uncomfortable and it is fueled by the desire for something different or the de- or the the need to reclarify who you are mm. and how you show up in the world and what and what you do to meet your being needs and belonging needs yeah and i think that's probably where i was in addition to also having that curiosity and bliss at the same time and it's probably where you are at the moment where you're really getting clear on well, who am, I, who am I now and what's affected who I am now and how is that going to affect what I want to do and who I want to be and how I want to belong? Yes, and I think it doesn't – it's interesting that you say that because in hearing you describe that the curiosity and the glimmers are a role, I've gone – no, I actually do agree because when I stop and I look and I go, there's some like really clear growth periods that I look back and reflect on and go, yeah, absolutely. That was wildly uncomfortable and and <laughs> I did it anyway and really glad and all the rest of it. But probably the more recent growth periods have been less about the discomfort and more about the, I love the word glimmers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the curiosity about, okay, well, how could this feel if we did things this way instead? And looking particularly, I want to talk about when, um, and I think we touched on it briefly before in another episode, but when we talked about friendships and the Mm -hmm. beautiful relationships and connections that you have cultivated around yourself. And I've asked you before going, oh, you know, have you had this experience where someone maybe didn't validate Mm -hmm. something I was feeling or going through? Yeah. And this is where the curiosity and the glimmer thing came for me was you described, you're like, well, actually I don't have that experience anymore because I've cultivated an environment where I don't have to feel like that. Mm. And I went, whoa, like the curiosity and the, like the ability to imagine what could my world look like if I also went, okay, well, why am I investing in relationships that are not being supportive of the things and the work that I'm trying to do? And 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 not in a, oh, everybody has to agree with me. Because <sighs> yeah. I know you and I are a great example. We don't always agree with each other, and but it's a safe space to have different opinions and talk about it mm-hmm. in a supportive way. That's, I think, is a really good example where you're talking about growth that's not necessarily painful but driven by curiosity and I guess almost like a light yeah they're glimmers of light that you kind of follow and it's a little bit magic yeah and it's fun and there you know there's darkness around those glimmers as well so there's not everything is really clear at the start when you're following those glimmers Mm. but it's it is so magic and there's just such a a joy and a sense of mystery around that and an inner confidence Mm. I think that's I think I love being in my 40s and one of the reasons why I love that is because I'm so much kinder to myself and one of the ways I'm really kind to myself now is that I rarely get myself into a position now where growth has to feel excruciating because I've set my life up in such a way that when growth is in progress, it is triggered by curiosity. It's not triggered by I've made a decision 
Mm. where I've made a series of decisions unconsciously that aren't in my best interest. And so I've ended up with this situation that's horrendous. And then I have to then deal with that in a very uncomfortable way, which has been the case in the past. And I think that's kind of normal when you're in your 20s and even 30s, but I'm I'm not in that place anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. And as a person in my 30s, I go, that's the goal. (laughs) I want some of that. Do you think part of that is as we get older, there kind of becomes this, I ain't got time for this shit kind of (laughs) attitude where you go, I don't actually care about the opinions of others in this. I'm doing this for me or um, like I'm not going to sit here and let my needs be stomped all over anymore because I've done that before and it sucked. Like, I don't know. Do you think that part of that's part of the aging process? Do you think it's just experience that brings it? I don't know. Am I making sense? Oh, yeah, yeah, I think you are, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that my answer reflects that you're making sense, but <laughs> let me know if it doesn't. Sure. <laughs> I don't think the ageing process necessarily just leads itself to that. Mm. It might for some. It, it, didn't, it wouldn't have done for me. I, I had to intentionally devote myself to that process. I chose to intentionally devote myself to that process. And for me it was more driven by what am I valuing? I'm valuing connection. I'm valuing kindness and I'm, I'm valuing love and fulfillment. And then how do those things feel to me? Mm-hmm. How do I feel when I have that? And then anything that was out of alignment was let go. And that's how it happened for me. Yeah. And so it was less about what other people thought and more about orienting to a specific feeling state. Two values. Yeah. To that, my, to, that aligned with my values. Yeah. Yeah. I know you've talked with me before about like the pursuit of joy and connectedness with yourself and aligning with your own internal values as all really big drivers whenever you're making a decision. So I can see how that plays. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, I would define myself as a hedonist, a productive hedonist. Mm. <laughs> but I'm interested, Jan, what's, what process are you going through and what are the, your current drivers? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think there is a few. I think values base definitely plays a role, but I don't know that it's the only driver for some of the choices. Or maybe it is, but I just haven't sifted through all of it yet to work out the very nuts and bolts underlying value that's actually under it. And I think part of it's actually connected to motherhood. Mm. I was talking about this actually with my husband this week and we were talking about changing friendships and boundaries and all of that juicy, juicy stuff. And I was saying to him that I'm not surprised if some of our friends feel differently about us because I'm not the same person that I was and that I'm so grateful for the transition into motherhood because before that I was almost scared to say no or I don't want to do that or actually ask for what I needed. And so I would just go along with the flow. I can remember weekends we'd go away with friends and, you know, we'd come home and he'd be like, oh, that was an amazing trip and wasn't it great? And I'm like, actually, no, it really sucked. I didn't want to do this and I didn't want to do that and I was too scared to speak up and meet my needs and and like you've been talking about, honour my values. And then I had a little baby And the requests to do things that we were doing before still kept coming. And she didn't have a big enough voice to be able to say, no, that doesn't meet my needs. And so I had to do that. 
And it required me to step up and go, no, that doesn't work for us. And through the process of standing up for her needs, I think I went, holy shit, this isn't as big, bad and scary as I thought it was. And relationships and friendships change. Yes, absolutely. Mm. I would be remiss to say that that didn't change. It did. But I suddenly went, oh my God, it doesn't feel as bad as I thought it would. I actually can honor my needs and wants without having to please everybody else. And I'm still okay. I'm still here. I'm still standing. You know, the people who are in my corner are still here. And the ones who don't want to hang out with me because I don't want to do what they want to do. You know, maybe we see each other a little less. <laughs> yeah. So I sort of feel like this honoring of myself and standing up for myself and that sort of stuff came out. I also think in probably the last two years specifically, I went from my child's needs come first every time to my needs have to matter too. And part of it was a shift in thinking around parenting. Um, So I was very focused on attachment parenting in that probably first 12-month period. Mm -hmm. And as she got a bit bigger, I was like, oh, she's not napping as much. (laughs) I am having to meet your needs like a lot (laughs) and I'm not surviving this. (laughs) And I mean, she didn't sleep much to begin with anyway, but I wasn't getting those like little 20 minute gaps to like reset and go, okay, now I'm good to go again. And I was like, I can't sustain this. I cannot meet your needs every day constantly. And so it started to become about actually in order to meet your needs, part of the time I got to meet my own. So what the hell am I own and who the hell am I and what do I want? Part of that then became, okay, well, the things that I want to value are, and it's surprising now that I'm like talking about this and going, okay, so it did come back to values. It came back to freedom of time and ability to do the things that I love doing. And part of that became the motivator for starting our other business. Part of that also is the motivator for doing this beautiful podcast, because it was like, if I'm going to have precious time, that's either with my family or even not with my family. I want to do the things that light my soul on fire. I want to go, I love this work and, and let's do it. And yes, it would be lovely to be financially recompensed for the effort, but I won't chase money at the expense of joy and the things that I Mm. love doing. So I think sort of like the values of freedom and joy and honoring myself started to Mm. play out more. And I think it's still an evolving journey. I know we've talked before about some of the things that I'll go, oh, no, I couldn't do that. And you're like, but why? (laughs) And then I'm going, well, actually, good bloody question. Why? Why couldn't I say no to that? Why couldn't I go, I don't want to do it? Like, yeah. Well, why can't I say a really big fat yes to something? Yeah, Hmm. absolutely. Why can't we go and do a bloody podcast? Like, (laughs) why the hell not? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, in even that process, the process of putting myself out there with social media and podcasts and talking really raw and vulnerable stuff, like, yeah, okay, nerve wracking, but also freeing Hmm. in a really beautiful way. I was going to mention... The calling then during these processes of growth, regardless of whether they're driven by curiosity or by um, discomfort, the calling on us to undertake self-nurturing practices in order to keep ourselves as well-resourced and well during that process as possible because it is draining. And regardless of whether 
we intend for it or not, it, it does require us to devote resources to that process, energetic and time and love and, you know, all, all the emotions and, and sometimes money and, and whatever else may happen there. And it's a bit of a balance. And um, I'm curious to understand what you're going through at the moment. But in brief, for me, I, I had to make some decisions about how to really intentionally spend my time during the past three and a half months in a way that satisfied the need to move through that growth process as well as possible, while also still taking care of myself. Because there's a risk of either trying to do it all and just burning out or hyper-focusing on just the growth and burning out. So one of the things that I had to do was to explain to the people around me, I'm in this process, I'm not going to be as available as usual because usually I'm quite social, I'll go out and and whatever else. But one of the things that I did, didn't give up is my running. So that was just stable. I prioritize that above everything else, aside from the children. And then we'll fit around that. You know? <laughs> and so I'm curious about how are you caring for yourself and what self-nurturing actions are you taking or could you be taking during this process of growth? Mm, I think even the self-nurturing processes are on a journey itself. Like, mm-hmm. I know sometimes the thing that I need is to completely disappear into like a Netflix show or something and just, I I don't know if I say disassociate, but it's a little bit. Disengage. Yeah, disengage and just let myself be in whatever this gloriously trashy TV show is. (laughs) And then there's other times where I go, okay, you're now staying up late watching this Mm -hmm. Netflix show because it's hitting all those dopamine receptors in your brain and like you're loving it, but also it's now taking away from the sleep, which you know you need. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I've been consciously doing in the last little while is I know I feel better when I read. I know I sleep better if I read before I go to bed. And I mean, sure, we can talk about like blue light and melatonin production and all of that, but I don't know if it's just that or if part of it is literally the eye movements. (laughs) required to read help me go to sleep but I have a lot less difficulty sleeping when I read although like you I sometimes get stuck in a book and then before you know it it's it's late (laughs) (laughs) oh I've been there so often and it's like oh my gosh it is now one (laughs) o'clock yep yep 1am and you're like it really didn't feel that late But moving my body has been one that I've started to do probably in the last month. And if if you knew me as a teenager, you would have been like, wow, Gian is so into sport and athletic and whatever, which if you've met me since being a teenager, you'd be like, what? (laughs) Because then as an adult, I'd be like, I'm allergic to exercise. You know, I've tried doing gym stuff. I've tried yoga. I've tried Pilates. Um, Probably since I was like nine, I was a runner. And I, when I played hockey, I played the position that did the most running. And again, you've been part of my inspiration, Kimmy. You'd be like, I've been for a run and I feel so good. And I'm like, you know, I used to love running. I have another girlfriend who also, she started running again this year and watching her journey has been really inspiring. Because she's gone, you know, I used to run 10Ks all the time and then I had my kids and I just haven't done it. And so she's gone, I'm going to prioritize running again. And some days I don't feel like running, so I walk. And 
Oftentimes my family walks with me and then it becomes a beautiful connecting experience where we talk while we walk and it meets my needs in another way. Um, But moving my body has started being something that I'm like, actually, I feel better when I do this. Mm. I sleep better when I do this. Mm. I think my other self-care things, I am a bit of an extrovert and I definitely feel like my cup gets filled from social connection. Mm -hmm. So we talk almost every day, Mm -hmm. even if it's like a five minute phone call where I'm like, I actually don't have time, but I'm just ringing to see how you are. (laughs) (laughs) Whether it's sending like a meme to a group of friends in a group chat or like just that kind of little touchstone of connection with people Mm -hmm. that are important in my life to be like, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of you or they've sent me something and I'm like, oh, they saw it and thought of me and I like it like you have had to dial down as much of it simply mm. because there's just not enough time in the day. If I'm going through all this growth stuff, I can't physically be doing all of it. Mm. I definitely find that even just those little bits of connection help. Mm. And the growth phase can and often does cause a feeling of wobbliness and internal wobbliness. Yeah. And that can really affect how we experience social interactions. And so it's, for me, it's more important to be very selective about with whom and when uh, I connect with when I'm in that phase of wobbliness for a kindness and self-compassionate practice with myself, but also out of respect for the other person as well, because I'm not going to be fully present and connected with them if I'm needing to hold a space for my own wobbliness. Yeah. Like when you talked about the friendships that you have and, you know, the supportive responses that you get, the simple reality is some friends and relationships that you have with people are, I'm team you, I'm all in, whatever you're doing, I'm supportive. And other friendships are like, that's great. And and good for you. And it also makes me a little uncomfortable because now I'm looking at myself and I don't know how I feel about it. And so when you're in that wobbly phase, you're more likely to go, "Mm, I'm going to hang out with the person who's team me 100% all in because if I start feeling that other person's reflective stuff, am I going to start questioning myself and I don't need Mm. to do that whole spiral right now. Mm. Or I'm going to hang out with the person who maybe isn't wobbly at that point either so that we're not both meeting in wobbliness and that person is well-resourced to maybe hold this space and be a little patient with my different way of connecting in that moment or my different energy levels. Yeah. Mm. I have another girlfriend at the moment. She's starting up her business and she's in the first six months of starting and she's feeling very wobbly. (laughs) And it's been actually really nice to be able to be one of those supportive people for her, like where, you know, Mm -hmm. she'll message and be like, this is really hard right now and I'm scared. And I'm like, I, I see that and I see you and it is scary as hell and I believe in you. Hmm. I start to hear some of this actually come out of the mouth of my child and hearing that, oh, my God, it's just like the most rewarding thing. I lost the – I've got like a little Bluetooth thing that I plug into my cigarette lighter in my car because my car is old mm-hmm. and I do not have hands-free. <laughs> And so I use that to connect um, my phone and I couldn't find it. And she's in the car and and she's like, mommy, we please have some music. I'm like, baby, I can't find it. I don't know where it is. And she's like, so I can't do it, darling. And she's like, yes, you can. I believe in you. (laughs) And I just was like, like my heart was just like, oh, my baby, thank you for believing in me. 
because yeah they reflect back the things that you say to them and um and I'm like if that's the thing that you heard from me like I have done my job well mm. why was why is it more rewarding when you hear your daughter reflect those ways of um talking connecting back it feels like the reward of you you're doing a good job as a parent because the message she's hearing from me particularly when I said earlier that like attachment parenting has been something I've valued before yeah it feels like that's how she feels I see her that I believe in her and that she can do it and so you sort of get that like little warm fuzzy feeling like if that's how you are perceiving that I see you that's going to carry you so far in life like the self-worth and resilience skills that come from from that are huge Mm, beautiful our kids are such little mirrors (laughs) that was a nice conversation 